Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we have the creator of Keto in the City, Jen Fish. And then the dirty keto people really aren't focused on the quality of food. So that's where it's like, yeah, you can eat a bunless burger from an In-N-Out or wherever every day if you wanted. And that would be within the keto macros and you would lose weight. Um, or you might, there's a lot of keto products now. And when I started, there were not, but there are a ton now, or at least products that use the name keto. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Well, hello there, Keto Camper. I am doing wonderful today. I hope you are as well. I hope you are choosing faith and love over fear and hate, and I hope you're doing well today. Thank you for choosing the Keto Camp Podcast. First and foremost, out of all the podcasts out there, you chose this one, and we are super grateful. Our mission here at Keto Camp is to educate and to inspire one billion people on planet Earth. On today's episode, we're gonna talk all things keto in the city. How did that even get started? Jen Fish has a very popular Instagram. She has several cookbooks that are best-selling keto cookbooks, and she's gonna share some of her favorite recipes. And she will also share some very simple recipes you could start making today on your ketogenic lifestyle. We're gonna start off with Jen sharing her powerful story of battling uh, psoriasis, arthritis, autoimmune, and how keto helped her heal, how she continues to heal. We also get into clean keto versus dirty keto and lazy keto. What's the difference between those three? We talk a little bit about mindset, entrepreneurial spirit, and how Jen was able to develop, and she still does develop, this mindset for success. So I can't wait to share Jen Fish with you. You're going to really enjoy this fun chat that we had together on the podcast. I want to get to the Apple Podcast review of the day. This one comes from dhiggs0911. It's a five-star review. The title is one of my very favorite health coaches. I've been researching online resources for health guidance I can trust. Ben is one of my favorites for his passion to help, his wealth of knowledge he shares, and the positive support he gives to his keto campers. I listen to and read everything I can manage to consume from Ben Azadi. I am so grateful that you resonate with me so much, and I'm so grateful to have you as a keto camper. Thank you, D. Higgs, for taking the time to leave that review. It really means a lot to us. Uh, It put a smile on my face just reading that review. And we're in a mission here to educate and inspire the world, essentially. So your review really helps us do that because it helps the podcast algorithm grow and impact more lives. So thank you for taking the time to do that. Please leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcast if you have not done so already. It really does help support podcasters. We put a lot of energy, resources, money into the show to make sure we're consistent. And anytime you just take 30 seconds to leave a rating and review, it helps us out 
big time. I encourage you to take a screenshot of this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast and tag myself along with Jen Fish on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at TheBenazadi and at KetoCampOfficial. And Jen's amazing Instagram, where you could find a whole bunch of recipes and great stuff on keto, is KetoInTheCity underscore. We'll put both those links in the podcast notes. Take a screenshot, shoot us a tag on Instagram when you post it, and when I see it, I will share it. If you're confused about keto, fasting, and all the information out there, which let's face it, it's enough to drive you nuts, I would love for you to be a part of my Keto Camp Academy. We are an exclusive online program designed to teach you how to master your health with keto and fasting. I offer two group coaching calls per month, over 170 videos that you cannot find anywhere else, dedicated, structured for you to master keto and fasting. We have weekly online workouts via Zoom, a private Facebook group, and so much more. For a limited time, you could get access to the Academy with a free seven-day trial. Head to www.ketocampacademy.com. Remember, that's camp with a K. www.ketocampacademy.com. Get access for a free seven-day trial. If you're struggling to find the right foods on your ketogenic lifestyle, I highly recommend you check out Catalan Fire's new lineup of keto soups. They are delicious, they live up to my high standards of quality ingredients, and they'll help you accelerate your ketogenic results. Visit kettleandfire.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout for a 15% off. That is kettleandfire.com slash ketocamp. Okay, let's get into this fun conversation all about keto with Jen Fish. Jen Fish is the founder of Keto in the City. She has a very popular keto in the city underscore account on Instagram. She's a creative director, a blogger, an autoimmune warrior, a single mom who is passionate about the ketogenic lifestyle. In 2018, Jen released three best-selling keto cookbooks, the Easy Five-Ingredient Ketogenic Diet Cookbook, The Big Book of Keto, and Keto in 30 Minutes. Jen Fish, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. You have an amazing story uh, that I'd love for you to share right from the start because I think it's going to really empower and inspire a lot of people who, as you said before we hit record, come to keto for the weight loss, but they stay for the health benefits. And that's exactly what happened to you. So share your story. How did you get involved with keto? Sure. Okay. So I have had two autoimmune disorders for the last 20 years or so. So I have psoriatic arthritis and I have psoriasis. So I got those when I was 19 and ever since have been looking for various ways to kind of help um, control them on my own. I have a pretty severe um, versions of both. And so I do need medication, but I'm always looking for lifestyle changes that I can do personally to try to help control them as well as I can too. So um, basically through a lot of different research, eventually I landed actually at a, um, doctor who recommended that I cut sugar out of my diet. And this was long before anybody had heard of keto, but it was during the time that the Atkins diet was popular. And so, um, I trusted that he knew what he was talking about. I started cutting sugar out of my diet and I did see an improvement um, really in the appearance of my skin, it looks a lot less angry, the psoriasis. And then I noticed that overall the inflammation in my body, um, decreased and I felt a lot better. And so that was kind of like my first 
um, foray into the low-carb world and really even thinking that what I ate or drank could make a difference um, in my autoimmune because none of my traditional doctors that I was seeing um, that were helping manage those conditions had ever mentioned food as anything that um, could help or hurt me. So um, that was really interesting to me. And then kind of as I kept doing more research, um, I was looking at, you know, reading Dave Asprey's Bulletproof book, and I was reading um, The Grain Brain and all these different books and trying to figure out what else might be helpful. And that's when I discovered this word keto or ketogenic, and I had never heard of it. Um, and I started reading up on it, and I, was, I felt like it was similar to what I had experienced um, following a more Atkins-style approach. But when I did the Atkins-style approach, I felt hungry all the time. Like, I felt like I was never full. Um, I could eat, like, three pieces of chicken or salmon or whatever and, like, still be hungry. And so I kind of liked that tweak of adding the higher quality fats into the diet and seeing if that made it something that was a little bit more sustainable. Um, and so that's kind of how the journey began, just reading a lot of books and starting to play around with things like that was four years ago. And um, the keto word definitely um, wasn't as well known, but I was lucky enough, uh, about a month in, I decided to start an Instagram page because I thought my regular friends didn't want to see all the food that I was cooking, but I was really <laughs> having fun um, kind of experimenting with flavors and dishes that I liked when I did eat carbs and trying to make them keto friendly. So I started Keto in the City and I was super surprised that there actually was at that time a small but really cool loyal community on Instagram and it's really just all kind of grown from there. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about you sharing when you started that Instagram account. You had a personal one, but you didn't want your family and friends to see that you were doing this crazy keto lifestyle. So you created this new account, <laughs> Keto in the City. Yeah. And uh, you shared, I think, that your cousin started following you. And you're like, no, now they're all going to see what I'm up to. <laughs> How did that end up yeah, happening really with the rest did. of your family? Like, what, what, what ended up happening? I mean, you have over 100,000 followers now. So how do they view it now, your friends and family? Yeah, I really, at first, wanted it to be kind of a, an anonymous place because I felt like um, if my friends and family were following me, then I probably would start, or my work or whatever, like I would start censoring myself in a way. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't really want to even like worry about like if these meals were going to get any likes or not. I just wanted to like stay accountable and do it for myself. And so, yeah, I think it was probably like, a few months in that my, my cousin is one of my best friends, but she's, I saw that she followed me one day and I called her and I was like, no, you can't follow me because if you follow me, the algorithm will tell everybody else to follow me. And I wanted to, I didn't even have like my name on the page. Like it just said keto in the city for the longest time. I actually didn't even add my real name to the page until I came out with my first cookbook. So um, but you know, like a year in or so I had a good amount of followers and then I finally was like, okay, everyone, <laughs> you can follow I'm keto in the city. So that after it had kind of become a thing and I had launched the blog and, um, there was some other stuff going on. So then I let everybody in, <laughs> but awesome. I'm actually kind of glad that I started it that way because it allowed me to really just focus on all these other keto people um, that I got to connect with and um, become 
you know, online friends with. And, you know, maybe if it was all people I already knew, that wouldn't have been as um, powerful. But getting to talk with all these people who I never knew before keto and really just connect off of that is really special. And it's a great community. And I've been lucky enough now to meet a good amount of people at different like keto events or meetups and whatnot. And it's just a great group of people who really support each other. So I love it. Yeah. And if you're not following Jen, you could follow her uh, at keto in the city underscore on Instagram. We'll also put that in the notes of this podcast. She has a lot of great posts and recipes and you can find more of her work there. Uh, before we get into the cookbooks and uh, all that jazz, I want to know because you have a video on your YouTube channel and you talk about this in the past, there's a difference between strict keto, dirty keto, and lazy keto. Could you distinguish these three categories here? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, strict keto is you want to eat the highest quality foods, along with being obviously following the ketogenic macros. You also want to make sure you're always eating like organic or grass-fed, or um, pasture-raised, you know, making sure that everything you're putting in your body is the highest quality of food possible. Um, you're also probably really um, strict on sweeteners, and maybe you don't even count um, net carbs, maybe you count total carbs, um, and so you're doing everything, like, super by the book, and I think that's a super admirable way um, to do keto. That's not the way that, in my real life, keto always works. I think that I'm kind of a combination combination of all three. So for me, lazy keto is really when you don't necessarily track your food. Um, you maybe you did in the beginning, which is what I did. So I tracked my food for the first um, six months or so to really get used to like what actually your 25 net carbs, whatever your goal is looks like. And then once I felt like I had a good handle on that, um, I stopped tracking because I'm just not one of those people who really loves having all of that data. But some people who are super like analytic and they love the data and they love tracking and it helps them feel in control. Um, they really love that side of it. And there's a lot of great apps that make that pretty easy. So that lazy people though, <laughs> the lazy keto people um, don't do all of that. They just kind of like go by gut. They look at the amount or the servings on a package and they go from that. They might eat some foods that are fairly high quality, but they also will eat like a bunless burger um, at a fast food restaurant or something like that. And then the dirty keto people um, really aren't focused on the quality of food. So that's where it's like, yeah, you can eat a bunless burger from an In-N-Out, my favorite, or wherever um every day if you wanted and that would be within the keto macros and you would lose weight um or you might there's a lot of keto products now and that when i started there were not but there are a ton now or at least products that use the name keto mm. want to make you think that they're ketogenic friendly right. um so maybe you're enjoying a lot of those you're eating keto candy you're eating keto pizza you're eating all this stuff um, and as long as you're staying within your carbs, like that's all that really matters to you. So um, I think all of them work. I think all of them are um, more beneficial than the standard American diet if you're reaching your goals. And I think everybody has different goals, but um, depending on what those are, as long as you feel comfortable and as long as you're reaching those, like then I think that's great. Um, I am a combination of all three. So like when I cook at home, 
I do buy um, pasture-raised and grass-fed beef and whatnot, and I try to make sure I have the highest quality stuff that I can, but I also eat out a lot, and I don't worry about what oil they're cooking something in when I eat out, you know, or um, if it's grass-fed beef or whatever it might be. So, um, and then in terms of laziness, like I said, I don't track. So, um, so I think a lot of people settle into that kind of a combination of the three. Um, but I felt like in the beginning, there was a lot of pressure that keto meant this like super strict way of eating. And for most people and the people that I see um, on social media and have connected with, that's just not realistic. Um, some people don't even have um, those types of stores or those types of products in their towns if they don't live in major um, cities. I live in Los Angeles, so I'm lucky to have pretty much access to anything, but that's still not the case for a lot of people. So I think being able to kind of like have a little bit more laid back approach and those three different ways to do keto has made a lot more people feel like it's something that could be for them, um, make it more accessible. And I think that's the, the best part is we want as many people as possible to be feeling good and not feel, you know, judged if they're posting a bunless burger or something. Yeah, that, that's important to note because you want to do the best you can with what you've got, right? Not everybody has the same. Yep circumstances they don't live in the same area so i live in miami i'm just like you i live in a big city where i have all this uh, abundance available to me when it comes to keto friendly foods but do the best with what you've got um also keto could the fastest way to get into ketosis is through fasting right you could just do some intermittent yep. fasting you don't have to eat a whole bunch of fat so that's another good tip for somebody there you also save money <laughs> with fasting totally Fasting right. is very budget friendly. <laughs> do, you, do you currently uh, do intermittent fasting, and and if what's your your schedule like? Yeah, so intermittent fasting has been a big part of pretty much my whole keto journey. Um, I think maybe hmm, I want to say a month in. Um, I again, I'm lucky. I lived in LA, but I realized that there was a bulletproof coffee shop in Santa Monica, and at the time, I lived pretty close to it. And so um, I really learned more about intermittent fasting uh, through a lot of their work. And so I would start um, fasting until noon every day, um, except I would have a coffee in the morning. Um, sometimes I can go longer. What I discovered through my fasting was that how programmed I was, like since I would be going to work that at noon, I would be like, okay, it's time for lunch. And I wasn't even really like, thinking about like if I was hungry or not. Um, and so once I tried to start changing that mindset, um, I realized that a lot of days I could go until two or three o'clock before really needing food. But I always kind of use that bulletproof protocol of being able to have that coffee with um, some of that fat in it to kind of keep me sustained. Um, I have also done some, the longest, I've done bone broth fast where the longest I did it was for three days. Um, that's something I want to do again, because that really, I felt really good. I was only going to do one day. And then again, the second day, I was like, I think I could do this another day. And then the third day, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do this one more day. So um, I think uh, for me, at least my brain, it's always a little bit intimidating to say that I'm going to do a longer fast from the beginning. I almost like kind of talked myself out of it. But then once I'm in it, um, it does feel really good, um, but I have never done just a strictly like water fast or not like a fast without coffee or bone broth or something like that. 
Did you make your own broth? No, I did not make my own broth because I'm a lazy keto. <laughs> <laughs> I've never made broth either. That's too funny. But yeah, there's um, a lot of great, I like, there's a few great broth. Now, again, that's another one of those things that like didn't used to be so readily available, but now I feel like even, I think most even normal grocery stores at least have like frozen bone broth in the freezer section or whatever. So that's another thing that's become a lot more readily available, but um, also that Bulletproof um, location also sells bone broth. So that was the first bone broth I'd ever tried was theirs. Um, and it's super potent stuff because now that I've tried a lot of different bone broths, I've realized there's quite a range um, in terms of like how intense they are, but that one's an intense one. And I uh, always will remember the first, I had a meeting at Google in Venice and I went there first and I got a bulletproof coffee and a bone broth and I sipped them throughout this like two hour meeting. And by the end of the meeting, I like actually felt like a superhero. Like my eyes were like so big and so wide and I had so much energy. I was like, what is happening to me? So, <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was my first bone broth experience. So, so bone broth and bulletproof gave you some superpowers. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I was it. like, whoa. <laughs> so what are, what are some common pitfalls you see, mistakes people make, maybe you made it when uh, they're on a ketogenic lifestyle. What are three common mistakes you've seen? I think the for the very new keto people, I think um, things like sauces are often a pitfall. Um, you might think you're doing all the right things and then you forget that at the restaurant you're at or whatever that they have cooked something and they pretty much add sugar or whatever to like any sauce they make a lot of times where even things that you're like why would that have sugar in it you know or whatever um so I think that's one thing that you just get used to and as you start like looking at labels and paying more attention I think a lot of times people are pretty shocked um at those types of things, I think serving sizes of things like um, fruit are always surprising to people. Um, but I think a lot of it's just like kind of getting used to used to what those different macros look like. And it's also, I think sometimes I didn't really have this experience, but again, I was kind of anonymous for a while, but um, a lot of people deal with a lot of lack from their families or the people that they live with or living in a house with a family that's still eating um, a typical American diet. And it's really hard to be surrounded by all of those high carb foods when you're trying to change your habits. Um, for me, I'm a single mom. So I was like able to throw everything away in my house because my kid was going to eat whatever I cooked. So um I was able to kind of get rid of all of those trigger foods, which was very helpful. Like even now, four years in, like if um, she, now that she's a teenager, she and her friends like bring over a bunch of like high carb stuff for a sleepover or whatever. Like I find it really hard to avoid it. So um, I just think those are some of the major things. Um, people kind of associating, like sometimes you can be stronger than others, but associating like, donut with like having fun with your family on a weekend or whatever it might be it's more that emotional side of things that if you can try to like find great replacements which has kind of always been the 
inspiration behind a good chunk of my recipes is like, okay, I know that I love these things. So now how can I love them still, but like in a new way and sometimes it's a lot of work. So, um, you know, it takes longer to make your own taco shells than to just buy a box of taco shells or whatever the case might be. And so I think that sometimes trips people up a little bit. Absolutely. So you, let's talk about your, your cookbooks and what got you, what inspired you to start creating cookbooks? Um, were you always somebody who enjoyed cooking? I mean, you said you didn't want to make the bone broth. So how, I'm curious, how did you get involved <laughs> with uh, creating cookbooks? Yeah, so I had never even thought about uh, writing a cookbook. But when I, I'm a creative director at a marketing agency is like my day job at an ad agency. And it's kind of like a high stress, um, industry. And so I started cooking originally as kind of like my disconnected um, creative outlet after work. So it would be kind of like the one hour where like I wouldn't answer emails or whatever. And I would just like make dinner for my daughter and I. I, I cooked a lot of like back before I was doing low carb, I cooked a lot of like the meal kits, um, like Blue Apron or whatever. And just like experimenting with different flavors and just kind of having fun being creative in a different way. So that's kind of how I started like loving cooking. And then when, uh, cause I grew up in a house with uh, my mom didn't really like to cook. She liked to bake. She liked to make all things not keto friendly, <laughs> but she didn't really like to cook. So, uh, so that was kind of how I fell in love with it. And then when I went keto, I was like, okay, well now that I've been cooking for a few years, like trying all these different flavors and stuff, now I need to figure out how I can still enjoy some of this stuff. Um, and that's where I really started the trial and error of recipes on my Instagram. And then once I got, um, to a point where I didn't want to put like type a whole recipe w into my caption on my Instagram. I was like, well, I'll just start a blog. That would be easier. And so I just started in that way. And then I guess about a year into having my blog, a publisher called me and asked, and I thought I like really thought they were asking me to review cookbooks like on my blog. And I was like, wait but the way she was talking I was like what are you asking me right now and she was like I'm asking if you want to write the cookbook and I was like <laughs> oh and so um I just kind of like I'm a person who pretty much says yes to um any kind of challenge so I was like sure I mean fully thinking that probably like my mom and my friends might be the only people who bought one but at least someday when I was like old I could be like hey I wrote a cookbook one day so um so yeah, I started down that process and um, I didn't definitely didn't really know what I was getting myself into. It was like a lot of work, but, um, but it was also super fun. And um, that was my first, the five ingredient cookbook. Um, and I liked it because it really followed what I like, which is easy recipes, um, things that aren't intimidating. Like, cause I think a lot of at the, at that time, the cookbooks that were already around were intimidating to me. Like a lot of things had like 30 ingredients or like things I'd never heard of, like psyllium husk or whatever. And I was like, that to me wasn't interesting when I started keto. I just wanted super easy stuff. And so I just kind of wrote the book with that lens thinking that there's probably other people out there just because you go keto doesn't mean you become like a chef overnight. Um, and so I wanted to write recipes that really fit within that kind of um, point of view. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers 
of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Yeah, I love that because that resonates with somebody like me. I, I don't enjoy cooking. It's not what I uh, <laughs> like to do. But when I do, I want to look for recipes that are very easy and, and simple to follow, five ingredients or less. So can you share maybe um, one of your favorite recipes that are so simple and easy, five ingredients or less to make so somebody who's watching or listening to this could actually maybe try it out tonight? Sure. Yeah, I think um, one of my favorites, is probably the blackberry chia pudding um, because it's kind of all the things that it might have some ingredients that people hadn't tried until they went keto, but all it has in it is really like full fat coconut milk, um, some stevia, some vanilla, some blackberries and chia seeds. So it's super simple. You basically take all of it and you throw it into a food processor or a blender and then you fold in the chia seeds at the end and then you can cook it ahead of, or you don't even cook it, but you can make it ahead of time and you put it in little jars in your fridge and then you basically have like breakfast or dessert because I feel like it's one of those things that you could either, could go either way and you have it for the whole week. So it's just like super simple. So it's just like finding like, I love berries. Berries are the most keto friendly fruit. Like how can I still get kind of that sweetness or something that feels like a dessert? Um, but it's super quick and simple for people to make. Probably my other most popular recipe, um, probably, uh, well, I think my most popular recipe ever is the keto fathead cinnamon rolls, but that's more than five ingredients. But the um, cream cheese pancakes are another thing that's just super simple. You know, you um, that was probably the first recipe that I really mastered because like, I love pancakes. I love waffles. My daughter does. And those are one of the things that she would eat and not even like be like, are these keto pancakes? Like the fact that she couldn't really tell. And I always kind of use her as my um, guide. Like if she likes it, then I feel like anyone will like it, you know, because she at the time was like 10 years old and she was going to tell me if she didn't like her pancakes. So 
Um, she's always like my taste tester, but like for pancakes, just being able to mix like eggs, cream cheese, butter, baking powder, coconut flour, and like you have a legit pancake that rises up and feels fluffy and you can make waffles with it or you can make pancakes with it. You could add blueberries or things to it and you don't really feel like you're on this different diet. And, you know, at least when I go back home to my parents' house for Christmas or whatever, I make my own keto pancakes. They're having their pancakes. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. So I love that. Yeah. All that, all of that sounds delicious. Um, I, I want to try all of that. So where's the best place yeah, to, to find you. your books, your cookbooks? Where's the best place to get them? Well, ketointhecity.com has everything. So it has tons of recipes. It has links to all the books. It has um, keto FAQs. So I really tried to like kind of gather a lot of the questions that get via DMs or emails and try to put them all there with a lot of videos that might answer some of those questions too. So all of that info is on ketointhecity.com. And then all the books, of course, are in all the normal book places like Amazon and whatnot. But I also have links on my website. Awesome. Yo, I'll make sure I put that, all those links in the notes of this podcast. What, are, what about snacks? What are your favorite keto-friendly snacks? Probably my favorite are either Marcona almonds or macadamia nuts. Um, I love salty snacks. Um, and I also really love when I want something sweeter, Chalk Zero is kind of like my go-to. Um, they make like a bark with um, different either hazelnuts or peanuts or almonds or whatever in it. Um, I love that. So those are probably my most common snacks. Um, I'm not a huge snacker, but um, those are some of my favorite. I also love pork rinds. Um, you know, can bacon be a snack? I like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could, that could work. <laughs> Very keto friendly too. Uh, yeah, so those are some of my favorites. Awesome. Yeah. I'm also not a big snacker. Um, it's very rare, but you know, it's good to have options because some people do like to snack. So those are some great shares right there. Thank you for that, Jen. Uh, I have some, some rapid fire questions for you that I'd like to ask. Are you ready to do this? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite keto food? Ooh, um, definitely a bunless protein style burger from In-N-Out. Mm. What is your favorite non-keto food? The thing I crave the most, and I didn't even think it was my favorite food before keto, but is donuts. What what kind? What what type of donut? Apple fritter. Mm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> very <laughs> very not keto friendly. <laughs> very not very not, but it sounds delicious. <laughs> um, what's the first thing that you think of in the morning? Hmm. Um, do I have to be awake yet? <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've heard? I think it is how connected your attitude and just your overall lifestyle is. So be nice to yourself. Um, get your sleep, drink your water. Don't stress yourself out. Um, I think all of those things are important to keep in mind. Yeah. Absolutely. What about the worst piece of advice you've heard? <laughs> I think anything, any advice that's like, it's all or nothing is bad advice. Like there's always like small improvements that can be made or small um, times that you're going to maybe slip up a little bit. And if it's all or nothing, then that's going to be really hard for anyone to succeed. Mm. 
What was your favorite TV show growing up? Ooh, um, The Cosby Show. Yes, I used to watch that as well. Um, if you had yeah, one, if you had one superpower, and maybe this is something somebody always tells you, you're so good at this, or you feel resonating with you. What What is that one superpower that you have? Oh, that I have. Um, yes, you. I feel like I can do a, mil- a, a million things at once. So, um, like I said, I say yes to pretty much everything. I still have my day job. I do my keto job. I'm a single mom. I do a lot of stuff. So I get a lot done in the course of the day. Awesome. Uh, what about, what is your favorite hobby at the moment? Mm, well, my favorite hobby is watching my daughter play volleyball. She plays mm. on a club team, so I fly all over the country. So that's kind of like my time that I just like focus on watching her and being her cheerleader. That's awesome. What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Ooh, um, strangest thing I've ever eaten. I've never eaten any like bugs or anything. Um, I ate like, oh, I have eaten alligator. Yeah, I've eaten that. I just ate that recently actually in uh, New Orleans. That was good, a little chewy, chewy, but you know, pretty good. Um, I ate like, and then now I can't remember what animal was. I ate like a, um, like a liver, like a heart or a liver of like an animal at some fancy restaurant that I didn't know I was eating. Mm. Um, so I, oh, I've eaten a beef tongue before at a bath restaurant. That was not my favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're done with the rapid fire. Now I have a couple more questions for you. Okay. What, what, uh, what is your definition of perfect health? Ooh. Um, my definition is that I'm able to get up and do what I want to do every day without having to think about any limitations that my, whether it's my, in my case, my joints or my skin or or whatever, like hold me back from. So, um, I think for me, those are always the ideal days and I have, you know, long periods of time where that's the case and then I have other long periods of time where that's not the case so I really try to remember when I am feeling healthy just like how grateful to be for that um but yeah that's just not having to have it always be in the back of my mind um is kind of feeling great to me yeah I love that so out of all the benefits that you've experienced uh going keto what which which one stands out? Which is your favorite benefit of keto? I think for me, um, and it's a big one because it hasn't always been the case, but my quality of sleep is just like so much better. Like when when I'm ready to go to sleep, which sometimes I don't sleep enough, but when I'm ready to go to sleep, like I really feel like I sleep well where I used to like lay in bed um seemingly for like an hour or more like trying to fall asleep like that's no longer the case like as soon as I hit the bed I'm pretty much fall asleep which has been great yeah that is it's so important to get that quality sleep um you mentioned gratitude Uh, I want to ask you what what are you grateful for today today I'm just super grateful for the the life that I have like I feel like um the hard work and kind of finding things that I'm passionate about and being able to um, kind of like surround my life with all of those things, whether that's my, I love what I do, my day job. I love 
the keto community and all the all of the things that I've been able to do through that and being able to be like a great mom to my daughter. I'm just grateful that I get to surround myself with all of that. Um, and that hard work has really allowed me um, the life that I have now. So I'm super happy and I have great friends and family and it's all kind of fallen into place in the last few years. And um, it, it's all happened to kind of like align with the last few years that I've been in this lifestyle. And so um, I'm super just grateful that it came, came to me. I love that. What would you share with somebody? Maybe somebody's listening right now and they want to start their own blog. They want to talk about all the amazing benefits they've gotten with keto or fasting or whatever it is, but they have this voice in the back of their head that, oh, what would my friends think? What would my family think? What if I fail? What if nobody reads my blog? You were somebody who actually took that faith and you took a chance on yourself and you went out there and now you're having some success, a lot of success with it. So what are some words of encouragement you would share to somebody who would like to do something similar? I just think it's important um, to whatever you are wanting to do, whether it's in the keto space or anywhere, just making sure that it's something that you're passionate about and something that you want to share because it has like a, a deep meaning and a why for you. Um, just wanting to have like a, a popular blog or a lot of followers or whatever definitely isn't the reason to start anything. Um, I think where I always struggle when people ask me that question because I guess I didn't really try to do um, any of this. I just wanted some personal accountability for myself. And luckily, I was able to connect with really great people who lifted me up and I felt like I could lift them up. And that kind of gave me the inspiration to keep going and keep sharing and I found that I really loved the process of helping people figure this out after I felt like I got a little bit of a hang on handle on it um and so I think but I think it all like kind of comes back to being passionate and being excited about whatever it is and then being consistent because like um you know four years some people wouldn't wouldn't stick with something for four years or some people would want things to happen faster. And since I didn't have any of those expectations, I was able to really just like enjoy the journey versus um, measuring up to other people, which I think was important. Um, and I think that becomes even harder, like the more visible you are. Um, I know like I definitely have fallen into that sometimes where now that there are expectations on me I'm always like oh I hope this does well enough or if I have like a brand partner post I'm like oh I hope it gets as many likes as they're wanting it to get or you know like some of that kind of stuff and I always try to like when my brain goes to that place try to like kind of block it out and be like well you're providing things of value some people are going to like it not everybody's like everything you know or whatever and try to like talk yourself back into the reason why you started in the first place that's a great share Jen I, lo I love that you shared that um, final question for hey. you is, yeah, you're welcome. Final question is, out of all the things you're working on right now, you're doing a lot of things. What's the most exciting thing you're working on at the moment? I think the most exciting thing um, is definitely Keto in an Instant. Um, my newest book came out in January, and I'm super excited about this book because it's the first book I've done has been able to have a picture for every single recipe. Um, I had this, I got to choose the photographer and she was an amazing photographer in LA that took just really beautiful. And it kind of like was able to combine my 
day job of being a creative director and my love of cooking and keto all into like one project um, because I just love um, being able to kind of creative direct how the photos were going to look and be a part of that whole process. So I'm really proud of all of the recipes in that book. They're all instant pot recipes, which is something new that I hadn't done in any of my other books. It's just another way for people to be able to make keto quick and easy for them because pressure cooker is just so simple to throw everything in and kind of turn it on and let it let it do its thing. So um, I'm really excited about that one. And it's still pretty new. Um, but it's fun to start seeing people like post what they have in it and their favorite recipes and whatnot. So definitely keto in an instant. Awesome. Yeah, go get her books, go get Jen's books and post about it, tag her on Instagram. And uh, I'm sure she loves seeing that I love seeing when people tag uh, listening to a podcast and they tag me in it. So I want to thank you, Jen. Yeah for uh, showing up in this world, educating people, teaching them how to make keto uh, a lifestyle, not just a fad diet. What you do is really, really helpful and important because let's face it, keto is popular and there's a lot of conflicting information out there. So your work helps kind of cut through all that noise and you have a great attitude, a great mindset, and you shared so authentically. And I really enjoyed this, uh, this conversation. So I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and I'm grateful to have connected with you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been great chatting with you and hopefully some keto people out there can help get a little bit of uh, motivation they need to keep on going. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Jen Fish. I sure did. She's got great energy. Be sure to go check out her work, ketointhecity.com. We'll put her link to her website and social media in the notes of this podcast. A reminder to take a screenshot of this episode. Tag us on Instagram. Do it for the gram. <laughs> My Instagram handle is at thebenazadi and at Keto Camp Official. And Jen's is at Keto in the City underscore. When I see it, we'll share it. We'll get some other Keto Campers following you back. A reminder to leave the show a rating and review. If you got any value from the show, it'll really help the show grow. Text this episode to a friend. Text it to somebody you know who could use this information. Maybe they're struggling to find creative ideas in the kitchen for keto and they just want an episode to help inspire them to get some great keto recipes. Send it to them. It'll help them out. If you want access to my Keto Camp Academy to get health coaching for me, here's a free seven-day trial over at ketocampacademy.com. Remember, that's camp with a K. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.